Church, I am excited to share the Word of God with you today. And before we jump into the Scriptures, let us pray together. Faithful God, we come to you in this time asking that your words be spoken this day, not of my own thinking or meaning, but use me as a vessel to reveal your truth. May all of our minds be soft and open to hearing and taking in your words this day. Reveal yourself in your truth in a new way for us. Amen. Friends, our scripture today comes uh, from Romans 2, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 25 is where we start, and we're ending in chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if those who are uncircumcised keep the requirements of the law, will not their uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then those who are physically uncircumcised but keep the law will condemn you to have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For a person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is true circumcision something external and physical. Rather, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and real circumcision is a matter of the heart. It is spiritual and not literal. Such a person receives praise not from others, but from God. Then what advantage has the Jew? Or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way, for in the first place the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. But what if some were unfaithful? Will their, will their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God. By no means. Although everyone is a liar, let God be proved true, as it is written, so that you may be justified in your words and prevail in your judging. But if our injustice serves to confirm the justice of God, what should we say? That God is unjust to inflict wrath on us? I'm speaking in a human way. By no means. For then how could God judge the world? But if through my falsehood, God's truthfulness abounds to his glory, why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not say, as some people slander us by saying that we say, let us do evil so that good may come. Their condemnation is deserved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our scripture today is a monologued debate that Paul has with himself, addressing in a letter to the church in Rome questions that have come up and that would arise concerning who and how, who is saved and how. You see, a prevalent thought among Jewish Christians was that Gentiles must be circumcised to be saved and follow the law perfectly. Paul, though, a great apologist, pokes holes in the reasoning and seeks to reveal more of God's truth to them 
about God's grace, faith, and what it means to be saved, and how to trust God's words and teachings in a sinful world. Unfortunately, I am not Paul, uh, and I am but one man with 15 minutes on a Sunday morning, so we're not going to tackle every bit of that, but we will tackle what I think is the most pressing matter for us today. And, can we, and we can find that in chapter 3 of our scripture. It is, does the unfaithfulness of others make God unfaithful? I'm going to tell you a true story, and it is a painful one for me. Unfortunately, I think it is one that too many of us can relate to. In college, I learned about this great contemporary theologian and apologist. And now if you're unfamiliar with what an apologist is, well, first off, an apologist is not someone that just goes around apologizing a lot. Very confusing name, I know. Uh, what an apologist is, is someone who defends the faith. And now I was deep. I loved this person's uh, messages, their debates. I would listen to it in the car. I would listen to it at work. And I did this for years. And it helped me a lot to grow because it challenged me. It made me think differently. It made me uh, realize that I wasn't always right. And that was a good thing. And here comes the scary part. But, but after their death, allegations came to light and cover-ups too about their sexual misconduct with employees and others. It was devastating for me and for my faith. It caused me to question everything they had taught thinking to myself, can I still trust their words and teachings when they did such horrible, sinful things? Simply put, they seemed hypocritical. This question that I struggled with is a question Paul had to address to the church in Rome multiple times. And we see it in our scripture today when he talks about the Jews of the past who did not keep the law. Specifically, he is answering, does their sin diminish God or God's teaching? And when we think of this and think of ourselves, we have to keep in mind what Paul says. He addresses this uh, because it's important to remember when we compare ourselves to others, past or present people, it is easy to think of ourselves too highly. And this is it. That we are all dominated by sin. And we cannot be saved by the law, which requires us to, to follow it perfectly. For we cannot. No matter if that law is the Ten Commandments or the 613 in the Jewish tradition, we will fail for we are broken and imperfect. We see this later on in Paul's letter to Romans. If we keep reading and go into chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, 
and you may recognize them. Paul writes this, Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they are now justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. You see, Paul is helping to reveal to those caught in this pattern of thinking that the law alone did not save them, nor being circumcised would save them. Instead, it is God's gift of grace, this faithful grace. It is a thing not outwardly shown on our body, but instead a matter of the heart that would then transform our outward actions. With this different way of thinking being taught from what they had learned, these Jewish Christians, all their lives, that they were to perfectly follow the law and that will save them. And then looking back at their heroes and scriptures, Paul reminds them about those heroes, that they also broke the law. For example, David, the great king, the spiritual leader of the Jews, broke the law when he murdered Bathsheba's husband and when he lusted after her. So was God any less revealed through the life of King David, or for that matter, any other follower of God who failed to follow the law perfectly throughout Scripture? I'll answer in the words of Paul, no! God remains faithful even when we do not. And we are reminded of this, and we hear this all around us. We hear about God's faithfulness in many of the hymns that we sing. For example, one you may be familiar with, adequately named, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I am not going to sing it for you. You're welcome. Uh, my singing days are long over. But listen to these words carefully. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. These words are powerful in reminding us of God's never-ending mercy and faithfulness that is fresh every day. That God has pardoned us from sin and gives us what we physically, mentally, and spiritually need to grow and move in life. And God asks us each day to respond in faith to this gift of grace. Now, you may be thinking words and words and songs and sermons are good, but this passage still leaves us questioning. How can you trust the words of a pastor or of another follower of Christ or of a song if we are all sinful? This is the exact way that I felt about that apologist. 
Something to know is that we as humans, specifically followers of Christ, are the main transportation for God's truth in the world through the Holy Spirit. We share it with one another, like what we are doing right now. Or another example is when you gather in small groups, which I hope that you have found. You see, this can also be seen in your everyday life, I hope. When you're at work or around family or friends and a topic comes up or something's said, and then someone goes, oh, hey, you're a Christian. What do you think about that? And we feel guilty to answer it sometimes. And when we think about this, that we are the main transportation for God's words and truth in this world, are we really the best or even the easiest form of transportation for God's words? In the words of Paul again, no, definitely not. There are certainly far easier ways that God could come and spread God's grace. God could have come right now, in this day and age, where you can share around the world with your phone. A tap of the finger, God could have gone and broadcast God's grace throughout the world. But God didn't. God chose you. And we are flawed, yes. We are not able to keep our promises. We are not able to remember anniversaries or birthdays or what you're supposed to do tomorrow or what you did five minutes ago. So why did God choose us? Friends, it is despite and because of our flaws that God's grace can be revealed. It was in God's plan all along to use our brokenness to reveal through the broken the true faithfulness and strength of God. Through failure, we see God's promises kept. Through our harsh judgment of ourselves and others, we see God's grace and love. Everything God does is intentional. So now we've established that God's mode of transportation is flawed. And though we are flawed as this mode of transportation, does that not mean God is flawed or God's truth and word is flawed? It does not. Again, I say, God's mode of transporting God's truth and words through us seem flawed, but that does not mean God is flawed, nor is God's truth. I like to repeat myself, and I will one more time, because I want you to walk away with this next part. If you have zoned out through this, this entire sermon and you're picking up right now, this is what you need to remember. The unfaithfulness of people does not alter the faithfulness of God. Again, for the people at back and the people that turned up your volume at home, the unfaithfulness of people does not alter the faithfulness of of God. You got it? So 
So as we continue to process this and think about it and go back to our scriptures, you know, it starts to sound like the more we sin and the more we mess up, the more God is revealed. So it's kind of a good thing to keep on sinning, right? We just keep messing up so more of God's righteousness is known, right? Makes sense. Again, in the words of Paul, you know what's coming. No! And we can see it because Paul answers this again. If we go farther into Romans, into chapter 6, Paul answers again. He writes this. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. You see, God judges all people the same by God's righteousness. And the belief that God is righteous and perfect means God has the right and ability to judge correctly and justly. So we can know that our sin is not justifiable, but it will be held accountable. It will all be held accountable to God. Now, when our or another person's broken parts come to the surface, we know that it is hard to face them with God's grace. But we must understand and accept that when we and others mess up, we are all still covered by God's grace. Now that apologist that I mentioned earlier, I admired him. And after I had found out, I really questioned what I had learned and my very faith after those misconducts came to the surface. And it took time. Some discerning through conversations with friends, with parents, with pastors, to see that truly what they had taught me was still of value and filled with God's truth. Things like learning how to discuss my faith with others that disagree with me or have a different stance, and doing so out of patience and love. Learning what the power of the Holy Spirit is all about, and learning how to seek people in their brokenness. All of this had shaped me and is value. And it has value because those words of truth were from God, not a man. You see, the word of God is true and revealed to us through broken vessels. That's you and me. That does not mean that God's words are any less true or powerful. It is not our place to change God's truth to make us feel better about our sin. It is not okay to lessen the authority God's word has in our lives to better suit our society. And it is equally not okay for us to be so discouraged by the faithlessness of others that it blinds us from the faithfulness of God. So I challenge all of us today 
to not lose faith in God because of the sinful actions or words that we or someone else says, for we are all sinful humans. Focus instead on the truths of God. For we believe God is righteous and perfect. That includes God's words that come from the mouths of the broken vessels, like you and like me. Amen. And church, I ask that you pray with me now. Almighty God, make your truth known in us, that our lives may be transformed by the words and the actions of your truth through the broken vessels in this church, in this community, and around the world. May your word be spread through the power of the Holy Spirit and sending us out feeling encouraged, knowing that you chose us and you use us despite our brokenness and because of our brokenness. You transform us. Pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.